You know, often in the Bible, we, we hear language like, we need to remember, 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 remember. We hear that time and time again. And, uh, but yesterday, in our nation's history, we have a moment where we are reminded that we need to remember a tragedy that took place, uh, a hard, uh, one of the hardest things to ever really fully understand uh, happened to our nation. And um, yesterday I made an effort, because I had time in the morning, just to sort of follow all of the events of that morning that happened 20 years ago and remember where I was when that was all taking place. And, and it, just, it, it just still hits my soul every time I watch that. And... For us, as, as followers of Jesus, we watch this and, and we're reminded that evil is real, as we remember, but we also are reminded that Christ has called us all to be instruments of peace and love. And that is still our call for this day, as we remember, to be people who always make sure that the vulnerable, always to make sure that those who are in need we are there. And so as we remembered yesterday, we also remember 20 years ago on September 12th when unity became the main theme, that we came together. And so my prayer for us all is that we see that unity comes from the design of God. God wants us to be a united people that come together to love deeply and the care for the creation that He has made for us to live in. And so we continue to try to strive for this. In the name of Jesus, we strive for this. We strive to live as people. We're always with our arms open wide, just as God's arms are open wide to us. We are the same. Always inviting people in to belonging in the kingdom of God. You belong here. You belong here. We belong here. If you were here for the very first time, or if you've been here, or have been to church a hundred times, you belong here. If you have walked with God faithfully, or if you aren't sure if God is real, you belong here right now. If you pray daily, or you just pray when you're hoping for your football team to kick the winning field goal with only seconds left, you belong here. If you slept at the top of the J-Dub last night, or if you slept on a slab of concrete, you belong here. If you had the finest steak, or if you had nothing to eat last night, you belong right here. This is the kingdom of God, where all are welcome, and all come together to know that they are loved by Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, thank you that in the midst of so much that we can belong to, you have called us all to belong to your kingdom. And so, Lord, right now, help us to have our hearts be open to hear from you, to have our eyes to be able to see where you are calling us to go. And that we can have a sense of belonging in you. In your name we pray, amen. This past Tuesday was Krista, my wife's grandfather's 91st birthday. 
Oh my gosh, 91 years old. And we went up to Fort Wayne on Memorial Day and we had a birthday celebration for him. I know I talk about sometimes my in-laws, especially my, uh, my, my wife's grandfather a lot, but he's an interesting man. He has lived an amazing life where it all started in Yugoslavia. You know, it all started over in the old country. And, and, and post-World War II, his family, who had a beautiful vineyard and a farm that they, would, that they lived upon, that they did life in, their regular life, his parents and his brother and him, all of a sudden in the middle of the night, as the armies were approaching them, were able to just in matters of hours throw everything into a cart and head off for the safety of their lives. They had to flee and they had to leave. And from the years that followed that, they went from misplaced person camps to misplaced person camps until by the grace of God, literally the grace of God, a priest came up to them and said, you need to get out of here. It's not going to be safe for you anymore. And you need to get on this boat and you need to go to the United States. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a lot like Feifel, you know, in the American tale. Oh, anybody love that movie? Anybody even know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Anyway. Oh, man. All right. But anyway, but here it is. And he's coming over and he gets this family, gets on this boat. And there's fun stories uh, where he, learned, he begins to play music. And, and moment that moment, and he was an amazing accordion player in a polka band. If you've ever heard stories about like our, our band at our wedding, Chris and I's wedding, it was a polka band. I mean, I know that's how cool we are. But it was awesome. And so he became, this, these, this family is just on a boat, the, the stories that we hear. And in 1951, they entered the port. On July 18th, the same year and the same week that my dad was born. I just think this is crazy. But anyway, entered into New Orleans and eventually found Fort Wayne to be their home. And this is the thing, when you talk to him, there's stories that can go all over the place at times. But when you talk to him, it is a story of exile. It is a story that when they first put those things into the cart to leave, they had full intention to come back home. And even, probably even still to this day, there were moments where he wishes he could have gone back home. Exile is a theme that we see actually take place often throughout world history. And exile is this. Exile is being forced out of your home and unable to return. The place that you belonged was now not a place where you felt welcomed. We see this happen throughout the human history through wars or, or the land changing of hands and just people getting kicked out and new lives needing to begin where you once thought was home. We may not face the wars of, of having to be kicked out of our home, and we may not even face that, that uh, feeling of that I no longer can go back to where I once was. But I believe that in some ways we can connect to this idea of exile because we have left one way of life and we are now entering into a new way of life. There are changes that take place in our lives that we didn't expect or even necessarily want. There are those who have gone to divorce, who have gone through a loss of a loved one, who have gone through job changes or even a pandemic. But change happens. And some of these changes have the challenges that can feel like we are going through a season of exile. Not knowing what is around the next corner. 
Have any of you felt like this in your life? Where you're not sure what is coming next? If you have, this sermon series is for you. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how we can find belonging in our lives. How we belong in this world and in this life. How we can find hope in belonging, trust in belonging, and peace in belonging. Now, we are going through the book of Ezra. Oh, Ezra is found in the Old Testament and is often linked to Nehemiah. Ezra and Nehemiah. And so we have this, this amazing story that takes place. And it all begins uh, when the people of, of God, the people of God were kicked out of Jerusalem and they were in exile for 70 years. For 70 years they were in exile, and then all of a sudden we find that the people of God are able to go back home. And this is really cool because as they go back to Jerusalem, they, they have this great joy of going back home, but more importantly, we begin to see as they're going back, it becomes this moment of spiritual renewal. The belonging is more than just the location, but the belonging is having an awakening with God. It is a journey where it is one that has been uh, one that is so interesting. And I love how it all begins. It all begins by the, the king, the Persian king, the Persian king just sort of saying, hey, you need to go, you can go now. Like, just like that. You know, sometimes God works just like that. And it's pretty awesome. In this moment, after 70 years, God goes, I'm going to make this king send God's people back home. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you, open them up to Ezra chapter 1, and we're going to be looking just at the first five verses, and it's just going to be setting the scene for what this sermon series is going to be pushing us towards, okay? And so uh, the book of Ezra in the Old Testament, uh, one of those little bitties, it's all there. So here we go. It says this, This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says, The Lord the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. All of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem to Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, they, and may their God be with them. And in any locality, locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold and with goods and livestock and with freewill offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests of the Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepare to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with the valuable gifts in addition to all the freewill offerings." This is the beginning of going back home. We will see in the coming weeks the ups and downs and the highs of lows of getting to do what they are saying they're going to do. To get to the point of spiritual renewal. But what we begin to see right at the beginning is this foundation of saying we belong back in our home. We belong with God. So after 70 years, they head home. And what I want you to hear in this as we begin talking and, and have to understand the foundation of this is that, that piece of being in exile for 70 years is I love this. If you've ever felt like you're in that place or if you feel that you're in that place now, exile is not the end of the story. 
Time and time again, we see God move and work. And time and time again, in this theme, exile is not the end of the story. If you think you are permanently stuck in exile, God is whispering in your ear right now, you are not. You are not. Being away from home or away from God is not how the story is going to end. It's not how the story is going to end. It's really cool. We see at this moment these prophetic promises begin to take place, sort of beginning to push us towards the the, the Messiah King that's coming or the presence of the new temple or God's kingdom of all nations, the fulfillment of promises to Abraham. All of this is all stewing right here and, and beginning us to lead to this moment. But mainly what we're beginning to see is that God is calling His people to belong to something more than they ever thought they could be belonging to. And so I want us to make sure of this. Now, if you ever had that moment where you have had to go into a place that you've never known, maybe it's a new community, moving into the new community, or, or whatever it may be, that first step, a new job, or whatever it might be, belonging. I still remember that, that scariness, that excitement of going off to a college that no one else I knew was going to. Oh my gosh, did any of you have any moments like that where you had to go for the first time? Ooh, it's scary. And I remember that. I don't know why I didn't know Christy yet, because everything after that, I've always had Crystal with me, but I don't know. Why didn't you transfer to my high school, and we could have met years ahead of time. But anyway, I went for the very first time, and it was so intimidating. And in that moment of going to a place that we don't know anyone, or we feel like we're not sure if this is where we belong, we begin to see that God is stirring in us to move closer to Him. And as we move closer to Him, He begins to provide the people in our lives and the connections in our lives so that we can grow deeper. This is an important piece for us to understand. When we begin new things, there are many things that we can get drawn into to belong to. I mean, it's just, it's just the sense of belonging that I think we all have. We all need to want to belong. I know in my life I've always wanted to belong. wanted to belong enough, but I wanted to stand out enough too. You know, one of those little, those little dances. But I think we all have this. We, we belong to families. We can belong to our sports teams. We can have hobbies that we belong to. Charities, political parties, cities, countries, nationalities, just to name a few. But nearly every aspect of our lives is organized around belonging to something. And so we can get pulled in many directions, right? We can get pulled in so many different directions. I think about my parents, right, as they were raising me. You know, they wanted me to do things. They wanted me to do the right things. They trusted me to do the right things. And so that's sort of how we parent, right? We want our kids to get plugged into things, and we want them to run with the good crowd, right? We want to stay away from the hooligans, you know what I mean? But we want them to run with the good crowd. We want them to belong into the right things, to know how to do the right thing. This is still true for us. We have these decisions of will we be plugged into the thing that will give us life or will we be plugged into things that will take away life from us? And it can be tricky because we want to belong. We want to be part of things. But we see time and time again the place that where we can run to and we can belong to is Jesus and the kingdom of God. I love in Romans 12, 5, it says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. As we belong to this body, we are connected people. 
And I see that when we become a connected people, the great proverb, the great proverb, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That when we belong to something, we, we are become a community and we are able to make each other better and stronger. To belong means that we are part of a community that gives, uh, gives to us. And it also means something that we can then give to it back. It's a twofold thing. It's a place that allows for us to have our individual identity and then also that community identity. John Wesley, my favorite theologian, he says there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. So we go through life. We belong in life together. We belong in life together. God creates us to belong to one another so that we can live out this faith. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he says this, and I think this is a very important quote to understand. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the people who love those around them will create community. It's so easy to have that utopia in our mind, right? Where this is how everything's going to be and everyone's going to get along and it's all going to be this. And if everybody just does what I want them to do, right? If everybody just does what I want to do. But the thing is, is that when we want to have a community that is strong and, and one that is, is open to what God is calling us to be, then we will learn to love all of those around us. We want our kids to pick that good crowd to run around with, but we also want them to love the ones that are hooligans too, right? It's the same for us as adults. When we put on that I follow Jesus, we love all. Right now, uh, in the sense of belonging, right, uh, there's a lot of things that we can belong to. Costco, apparently. I don't know if you've heard about this. Anybody knew that? Anybody know this? Costco is coming to Henders County. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about it. Anyway, but right, we have Costco coming. Right? What do you have to be? You have to be a member. Right? They draw you in. You draw you in. You need to have this membership, and then you can buy like seven years worth of toilet paper, which we all need. We all know that. It's very important. But we have that, right? There's these things. There's other things, too, where they bring you in and it's at a cost, right? Think about God, though. He brings you in and He has paid the cost. There's not many memberships like that. God wants you to be part of it. And so He allowed for Jesus to pay the cost so that you can this is the sense of where we need to belong. This is the important piece. And this is where we see there is hope and belonging into the family of God. Just because maybe through a season you have wandered, you are not lost. Just because you may have feel like you've gone through a season of exile, that is not the end of the story. For us to see the hope and have healthy uh, belonging into life, I just want to say the first step is always going to have to be to make the effort. You have to make the effort to belong. You have to begin to see that as God has worked in your life, this Christian word sacrifice needs to be understood. You make the effort to belong. The second is this. You have to learn to accept others. Right? The rallying cry for the early church was love your enemies. That's what made them stood out. Love your enemies and care for the vulnerable. Love your neighbor as yourself. Bring them in 
to the belonging of this community. And the final thing is, is that you just have to be with people. We have to gather. We have to know one another. We have to take those steps. And when we see this, we begin to understand that we believe we belong to the family of God. And I would like to say you belong here at the branches. That is a piece of it. That is an aspect of it. You belong a part of a church that will care for you and love on you at a moment's notice. And I've seen these acts take place time and time again over the last 18 months and even before. When we go through tragedy, when we go through heartbreak, when we go through transitions, I see this story saying, this, I see this church always bringing in, always wanting people to belong. I see communities popping up here and there from people within this church, and I love it. I even love the communities over the last beginning of all this that were just seeing faces from the, from the chin up, you know, and sometimes just this up, you know, because we were still figuring out Zoom. I love the belonging sense of this church. It matters. And I will say that you belong here. If you feel that you have been in a season of exile, I may again say that is not the end of your story. Philippians 1.6 And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the days of Jesus Christ. There is hope in belonging. And you belong in the family of God. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank You for Your grace that has opened our hearts and our lives to be able to experience the hope of belonging in You. And so, Lord, we pray that we can take those steps in always growing closer to You, that we can live sacrificial lives, that we can be Your instruments of having our arms open as well and bringing others into the place of belonging. If anyone here this morning feels like they have gone through a season of exile where their whole normal has been messed up, the whole world has been shocked and rocked and it's not sure if it's going to be normal ever again or, or going back to, uh, or always just feeling that you're going back. Lord, let them feel your presence right now. Let them understand that this is not the end of their story, but that you have called them to belong into a family of God that will pull them forward into what you have called them to become. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here at the branches, every Sunday we remember what Christ did for us upon the cross. If you have your communion, I encourage you to pull it out right now. As we take communion, we are reminded that Jesus uh, was sitting with the twelve disciples the night before He went to the cross. And as He sat there with the disciples, He broke bread and He said, this is my body broken for you. And He passed it around the table. He then took the cup and he, he lifted it up and he said, this is my blood that is shared, that is spilled for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink. And so, as they did this, they realized Jesus was serious when he said, do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. So here we are 2,000 years later. We're not sitting around a table. We're in a gym. But we still can remember. We can remember that we are not defined by our sins. We are not defined by our mistakes. We are not defined what maybe people have said about us on chatter pages. We are defined by God.
and God alone. So, in this next moment as we pray, let us confess those sins in the silence of our hearts and give them over to God and allow for God to have the space to then fill our hearts with His grace and love so that we can be moved and transformed. Let us pray. God, we thank You so much for Your amazing love for us. And we just pray right now in the stillness of this moment that we can confess those things that we have placed between ourselves and You those sins. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Allow for us to be made new in you. Allow for us to have hearts that are filled with Jesus and nothing else. Bless this bread and bless this juice. Let it represent to us your love and your life. In your name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ, take and drink. O Holy Lord, you fill us up with your love, you give us life, you give us meaning. And so let us leave this place with your light and your love so that we can share it with everyone we meet. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. I'm so glad you all are here. Before we leave, which we're about to leave, I just wanted to do one thing. All right. Everybody stand up. Are you ready? Give somebody a high five. Here we go. Good high fives. Tell them have a great week. Have a great week. Have a great week. Jesus loves you. Tell them that Jesus loves you. And say, hey, let's go share Jesus' love with all those around us. All right, say that. Let's share Jesus' love. All right, let's, let's head on out of here and be Christ to as many people as we can. Love you all. Have a great week.